Well, hello once again, everybody. Welcome to another edition of After Further Review with Mark Ferrer and John Pelkey. Jeff Taylor, uh, out and about. I think he's with family today. Um, I believe so. so. Uh, we, we'll, it'll just be you and I on a day. I, I don't know what it is, Mark. I can't. I can't put my finger on it. I can't find uh, any reason for it. But my goodness, does it feel like a spring day today? Doesn't it? Doesn't it feel like spring? I feel like. I feel like a positive spring. New life. New life. Man, I don't know. It's like, you know, I don't yeah. know. Pick a, pick a number out of the air. Uh, four hellish years of hibernation, uh, and, and we're stepping out into the into the sunlight now. So not not sure why that is. Maybe it's because the Cleveland Browns are in the playoffs and Possibly. doing everything they can to COVID themselves out of the playoffs, apparently. Yeah. Um, so a lot to talk yeah, about. Tough. Obviously, That's very, very tough for them. Yeah, obviously, uh, I am. I'm, I'm talking about the election last night, which went Mark in my way, and Jeff's not here, so we can we can gloat. Um, le- so, we can bunch of stuff to talk about, um, and I, I sent it out to you to kind of a nebulous menu because there are a lot of things I want to talk about. But um, I, I think the first thing we need to do is uh, is talk about the Heisman Trophy. Going into this, I think we all assumed, well, at least I did. Um, that it would it would it probably the Alabama guys Mac Jones and uh, Devonte Smith would split the vote Kyle Trask because he m- made the mistake of having his least productive games at the end of the season uh, though played you relatively well particularly the second half of that uh, Alabama uh, SEC championship game and that it probably Trevor Lawrence was going to end up with with the award didn't happen that way i think the most deserving winner got it mark because i think uh Devante is the most difficult to defend offensive weapon in college football that's not a quarterback and i think the issue with the quarterbacks is that i think a lot of people i, I think mac jones obviously because it was a Another Alabama receiver didn't get votes that he would have otherwise gotten. Um, Trevor Lawrence did look a little less Trevor Lawrence like in the um, in the uh, the playoff game, clearly. And again, we we mentioned uh, Kyle Trask, but I I really do think that uh, that they got it right this time. That it's just not because everyone says that award is the the best quarterback or running back on a team that could win a championship. I'm glad. Somebody else, the first non-quarterback or running back since Charles Woodson, Mark, who is a Hall of Fame finalist for the NFL. It's yeah, on that the was day 1997. Day. That was 23 years, and it's almost 30 years since uh, another wide receiver got it, which was Desmond Howard. Yeah. Even though he was uh, obviously a multi-faceted player and really sort of won it, I think, because of his ability to run kicks back and punts back. Team player, no doubt. No doubt yeah. about that. But uh, And so it's been a long, long time. Two times in the 90s did a non-quarterback win, and that's the last time we've we've had that happen. I think it's, it's great. interesting. I do, too. I, I love it. And, and he's a four-year he's guy. That's the other thing. He's a four-year guy. I know that's not supposed to matter. But the body of work that he's had with Alabama over those four years and the fact that he hung around and, you know, it, it's, a, it's a testament and an argument for further development at a lower level. So you, you keep yeah. someone in the minors an extra four or five months, you know what I mean? Or a half a season more well, or a full season. And it makes a difference. And look at what kind of year he's had. It's been an unbelievable year. And he's, he's, he's lapped the field to your point. Yeah. I just think I, you know, I, 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 again, and you go back to Woodson 
who was was a, was a corner, a defensive back, but also I played on offense. Special teams were a a big part of why Charles Woodson, who had a Desmond Howard like run back for a touchdown as well, a big reason he got it. It it's nice as a former terrible high school wide receiver to see just a true wide receiver uh, win it. Uh, but I was surprised. Were you surprised as I was? I really expected it to be Trevor Lawrence. Um, I actually didn't think Lawrence was going to win, except if it was going to be via a split vote. And we thought that, that that was a possibility. But I thought Mac Jones, because of the way he finished the season, because his statistics were just outrageous as well. And he almost seemed to just do it uh, effortlessly. Uh, you know, I yeah. obviously had this wonderful team around him. Right. But I thought I thought he would sneak it out. And um, and either he or Trevor Lawrence. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Devonta Smith, though, was invited for a reason and he's won for a reason. And it's it's a great story. Uh, Yeah. Do you think I I always wonder about this because, you know, one of the and we talk about it all the time and it's it comes down in progressive trivia. And folks, you can tell it's not Mark's show today. It's mine because there's no progressive trivia. Um, uh, You know, Heisman Trophy winners that have a great deal of success in the NFL and, you know, more often than not. Heisman Trophy winners don't turn out to be great um, pros. Not all, but, you know, some do. Obviously, we just talked about uh, Charles Woodson, who won. But a lot of times they don't. And I wonder if in some ways Mac Jones, and, and this could be subconsciously, people didn't vote for him because, to your point, those Alabama quarterbacks who look amazing have not been amazing on the professional level. You know, generally career backups. They don't really, you know, and it is, and they are, they are in many ways. I think people uh, consider them system quarterbacks, and not, I mean, system in and of the the actual offensive system that Alabama runs, but in and of the fact that it is so populated with NFL caliber players that they appear to be better than they actually are. And I wonder if he. I wonder if he. Yeah. People didn't vote for him because because they felt his his success on the next level wouldn't be there. And I wonder if Heisman Droders sometimes that creeps into it. Yeah, I mean, obviously that shouldn't make any difference at all as to shouldn't. you know what what kind of a pro you're going to be. But I think it. I think it is fair to yeah. factor in the idea that you know you and I could step into the backfield of Alabama, win five. Play. And complete four or five passes in a game. We could probably win five games. We could yeah. probably, you or I, at quarterback for Alabama, probably get a five-game winning streak. Yes, exactly. So that's that's. I think they do factor that in, and and I think it is changing a little bit. It goes in cycles, Johnny, with the uh, Heisman Trophy winners having successful careers. I mean, you know, back in the eighties or so, uh, I mean, you've got a, you know, you've got Sims, you've got. Uh, Sanders, Barry Sanders, mm-hmm. you've got, you know, you mentioned Charles Woodson, um, you know, we, uh, Kyler Murray, I think is, is out there, you know, Baker Mayfield. I think those are, those guys are still out there yeah. in, in terms of still the, to be, the, it's still to be seen what they're, you know, the long haul for them, but yeah, there, there've been a little bit more success, but I go back, but you think of guys like, and maybe it's the dominant Heisman trophy winners. You think of guys like Herschel Walker, who Herschel was a very solid, very good professional. He was a a, a transitory, uh, legendary college football player. Yeah. Um, and sometimes that doesn't – I mean, no, no, you're moving to a higher level. Obviously, you're not going to be as great. But I, I really do think that there are some Heisman voters who in the back of their minds are like, well, I'm kind of undecided. And, 
Devontae Smith is, you know, pretty good chance he's going to be a hell of a wide receiver. And Mac Jones may just be another seven-year backup Alabama quarterback. And I, I just think it's human nature for that to creep in. And you're right. It's wrong to grade him on that because we don't know. Maybe we're wrong. Maybe he does turn into an amazing pro. But I still think some of that plays into it a little bit. On some level, I think it helps him as a pro. You have a better career because you don't walk in with a Heisman Trophy. Right. Uh, and especially if you have a Heisman Trophy and you're a number one pick, those folks don't have a lot of success. And that goes stretches all the way back before Vinny Testaverde. It really yeah. does. And and obviously the reason is because you're going to be picked by the worst team in football. Right. And, it, and you're not going to have a whole lot of chance for success, at least up front. And then in, in today's NFL and, and perhaps in yesterday's NFL to some degree, but less than, uh, you know, patience runs thin. If you don't, if you don't show something in two years, three years, even if you're with the jets or with the Bengals for right. crying out loud, you know, you're labeled a bust. And, uh, you know, there was, there was a, there was a long stretch of that, you know, with, uh, Eric Crouch and uh, Tim Tebow and uh, Troy Smith and oh, yeah. Matt Leinart and Jason White, all those folks. Right. You know what I mean? And then, of course, Johnny Manziel, Jameis Winston were back to back. Jameis is still in the league, but, you know, now Derrick Henry, you know, we Derrick oh, Henry, he's, yeah. he's, he's a, you know, Lamar Jackson won an MVP. Okay. Yeah. Baker Mayfield and Kyler Murray. Uh, Baker Mayfield's in the playoffs. Kyler yeah. Murray at times this year was, you looked at it as the next great quarterback. And yeah. then, of course, Joe Burrow had a nice season as well. So, you know, that could be changing to some degree. But and some think, of that, don't you think some of that now is that these quarterbacks come into a league that runs offenses that are a little closer to what their college offenses were? And a lot of, like, the Troy Smiths of the world really didn't stand a lot of a chance because he was a more mobile, you know, he's not a Lamar Jackson, but he was a more mobile quarterback coming out at a time when that was not what NFL offenses wanted. And I think he was actually, wasn't he switched to wide receiver at some point? I mean, I think they even tried to move his position a bit. Who's this again? Troy Smith. Oh, Troy Smith. Yeah, boy. Oh, boy. Yeah. Yeah. But now these guys are more the, you know, the offenses that they're running in college. And because there are more, we talked to Derek um, Abbott about this a lot. There are more uh, actually some true triple option stuff that you run in the NFL and guys run those run pass, uh, those RPO things. And back in the, you know, 15 years ago, that, that was unheard of. It's it's interesting, but it, it's not like the colleges have met the NFL where they're at. The NFL has met the colleges where they are at. And that's, to me, the most uh, noteworthy thing about the whole thing is that the N NFL has changed their offense. And the, and the high schools. The, the, the colleges like met the high schools. College football. The colleges met the high schools because they weren't getting, I mean, I read a long article on this. I think it was in the sporting news, <clears throat> you know, for years they were looking, we want, we need somebody six, six with a cannon. <clears throat> and it's like, you don't get that very often. What you're getting is, you know, in high school, you know how this works. You get, you're the best athlete. You want the ball in his hands the most. And so they created offenses for that. They ran things that were old offenses, wing T um, single wing, uh, all this weird stuff, veer offenses. And the colleges caught up with it and said, well, gosh, I mean, we, you know, we can't turn this guy into um, Dan Marino. Uh, and if we do, or it's going to take five, right. It was going to take five years. Wow. Why don't we just run an offense that's closer to what he ran? See if we can get him 50% better at that traditional stuff. 
So yeah, it's ever changing, and it'll be interesting to watch the Heisman as we go uh, go forward. Because you're right, as of late, they've yeah. had a little more success. It's 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 turning around. It's cyclical. It's a little cyclical, I think. And and uh, because you know you had that run, you had Reggie Bush, you had you had Matt Leinart, Jason White, Carson Palmer had a nice career. Yeah, he did. You know, but before that, you had Chris Winkie, Ron Dane was okay, Ricky Williams had a nice career. Charles Woodson's a Hall of Famer, but you have Danny Werfel. You had Eddie George. Great career. Rasham Salon, Charlie Ward, Gino Toretta, Desmond Howard, Ty Detmer, Andre Ware. <laughs> you know, but then you have you have Tim Brown and Barry Sanders back to back. Great careers, yeah. You have you have you have Doug Flutie, Bo Jackson, Vinny Testaverde, Tim Brown, and Barry Sanders all back to back. Now Doug Flutie had a great professional career. Bo Jackson would have if he weren't wasn't hurt. Vinny threw for over 40,000 yards, was in the league for how long? He's, what is, he's up, uh, 62 years, I believe. 62, I believe he, I believe he was. And Tim Brown Hall and Barry Sanders are Hall of Famers. Vinny Testaverde has Hall of Fame numbers, but I think that's a certainly a case of you, you have to look at it on the field. And I have nothing against Vin, Vinny Testaverde. In fact, I think we had that 98 season with Vinny. Uh, Vinny and the Jets uh, was yeah. really, really, maybe the last time a Jets fan had anything to be excited maybe. about this maybe. side of the Brett Favre coming over for a year. Yeah, um, and that was two years removed from a 1-15 in season. That's yeah. how much Bill Parcells can turn around a team. And uh, But the poor Jets, the poor Jets. Did, did, yeah, boy, oh boy. You want to talk about that a little bit later, so we'll, we'll talk about that. Yeah, I was yeah, – we, we, we want to talk about a coaching carousel because I read something yesterday that it was all I could do not to immediately uh, start sending angry messages to you about how, how pissed off I was that this name is popping up. And I, and I want to, and I want you to talk me off the, uh, off, off the roof a little bit with that um, w- when we get there, but uh, let's, let's just segue into, I mentioned it briefly, the poor Cleveland Browns, my goodness. Um, they have been one of the most, um, I, I think it's fair to say, uh, affected by COVID issues throughout the season. They have had a lot of them. I think that's one of the reasons that Kevin Stefanski, who now has tested positive and will, uh, he, he really, really needs to get a lot of love because it could have very easily Mark, and we would have seen this from Cleveland teams of the past. They could have folded the tent very, very easily at any number of times during this season. And they didn't. Are they a great team? No, but are they a good team and trending in the right direction in a year where that's a pretty good place to set the bar? Uh, yeah, they absolutely are. However, uh, COVID issues now with Kevin Stefanski. They still have some other players under COVID protocol. Two of their players got uh, arrested for drag racing last night. I mean, I mean honestly. What? Hey, Kanicki, you think you could wait till the end of the season for the drag racing there, Kanick? Unbelievable. I, I mean, I just don't understand. <laughs> Anything they can. Maybe, maybe their feeling is this, Mark. Maybe their feeling is... In years where we didn't have all this stuff, we never made the playoffs. Maybe we need to do all this. Maybe we need to be the Oakland Raider-ish team that's got guys doing this stuff. Yeah, uh, I don't know what's going to happen to these drag racing guys, but my I mean, God. Baker Mayfield is the perfect quarterback for that kind of identity. So why not, yeah. right? We're, we're kind of the bad boys of the NFL. We're kind of the bad boys of the NFL and, and, and see what happens and make a run and just, uh, you know, everyone's against us. And they're going to yeah. have that we're not buttoned up enough for We're not buttoned up enough for Colin Cowherd. Oh, my God, I wear my hat sideways. Look at me. I'm a, I'm a rebel. <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you. I'll tell you. I love him. I do love Colin. But boy, oh, boy, he is. 
He is he's on, on the Mount Rushmore. Rushmore of white privilege boys. He really he's is. My, and he, he's my man, mother. Oh, man. My mother he is like poster boy for my mother. I'm 56 years old. And I told my mom, my 86-year-old mom, who's doing well, and she's great. And she's incredibly happy today. Um, she, uh, great, I, great, I, I mentioned great. to her that I had to go uh, meet with the Raptors folks for a rehearsal prior to our first, the preseason game, first preseason game. And my 86-year-old mother says to her 56-year-old son, who has been largely gainfully employed for the last 30-plus um, years, 35 years, she says, make sure you wear a nice shirt. <laughs> like, gee, mom, I was going to wear assless chaps and a half shirt, but thank you. She, uh, she is very, very big on that whole presentation. If you watch like the, the news with my mother, she will consistently comment on how people look and what they're wearing. Uh-huh. Look at that. Look at how look at how nice he looks, John. I like that. I don't like it when they don't look nice. Because apparently my mom, there's some sort of news channel there where people dress like Emmett Kelly when they're doing the news. And I I mean I I'm for one outstanding 70-year-old reference. Thank you. I figured when in my head when I was going over that, <laughs> my wife has just made a comment. Make sure you wear a nice shirt, John. She laughs about it as well. But uh, I, I ran, bring a briefcase. I ran that around in my uh, in my head, the reference. And I thought, what can I reference that Mark will get and will get a, a, a giggle out of him? And it did. And, and uh, but yet be so arcanely old that there's so absolutely old. no way we could market it in any marketing attempt for this show. If, if we were to attempt any marketing, well, all, which would that's, that's that's what we want to do. We want to do that. We want to se- separate ourselves, John from the plethora of podcasts and sports podcasts. How many how many sports podcasts out, are out there, you think, right? A million now? six. A million six. How many podcasts overall? Uh, four, four, 40 trillion billion. I, I think a gazillion. Yeah, 40 trillion, actually. There's, <laughs> right. you know, there's a thousand per every human on the on the planet. Uh, but there, there's got to be something that separates us from the pack, Johnny. Maybe well, it's a shorter show. Maybe it's maybe it's more digestible clips. Maybe it's segments that it's you know you know where where Mark was right, where Mark was wrong. You know that well, kind we of can't thing. do that. That's a Colin Coward. Thing. No, I'm saying like where that. Mark was saying, right. Yes, but, but how about this? kinds of things? How about this? As yeah. opposed to any sort of sports take, we do it about life choices. Oh God. <laughs> All right. John that'll, decided John decided not to go. John decided not where John was wrong. John decided not to go and do summer stock. Uh, he decided instead to stay home and end up in a in a in a in a romantic triangle. That happened to me back in college. Um, so maybe maybe for that, but we can't really let's or maybe that, Mark. Maybe we Mark decided steal. Mark decided not to pay the jaywalking ticket at UCLA. Five years later, ran a stop sign. Charge for reckless driving on a suspended license. Wow. So UCLA was able to suspend your license for not playing, paying a, a ticket well, on it campus? Wasn't UCLA. It was, no, it was, okay. it, was, it was Westwood, you know, but, but I mean, that's how. Uh, but you're white, Mark. It was Westwood. But I was crossing the street and it was right across the street from UCLA and, and, uh, and never paid it. Cause I thought, how in the hell do you really think I'm going to pay this? You know, that was my, right, right, that was of my course. level, you know, and right. of course. Of course, I would go too. 
get suspended. And then I ran a stop sign, charged for <laughs> reckless driving, and was thrown in jail because I had a suspended, I wow. did reckless driving on suspended license. So you've and done time in jail? It was only a two-way, you know, it was, it, it was roads that butted up against a golf course, course and you just could yeah. rant, run the one, because you could see every, just one way coming in. Yeah. So it really wasn't that. that reckless, to tell you the truth. And they knew that. And they needed money for the police uh, Christmas party. And they're they like, did. all right, they let's did. set up right here. Because every white privileged golfer in Westwood is going to be driving, running and this then, stop sign. And then, and then I saw the Chicago trial of the Chicago 7. And I had forgotten how Jerry Rubin passed away. He passed away whilst jaywalking in Westwood. Got hit by a car. Oh, okay. So I thought he happened. I thought he just dropped dead the way you said it, that he was just walking across the street and just just collapsed in a heap right there. But he, he was jaywalking. So wow. evidently there was a reason to police <laughs> yeah. and enforce the jaywalking codes in Westwood. At any rate, wow. that would be a fun way to Glad do it. That wasn't I'm, you. All I'm saying is just a just a segment, just a segment about where, you know, um, we, we could come up with all kinds of things, but it's a five minute thing. We could post that. Those could go viral. And when I mean viral with John and I, that means 12 or 13 views. Doesn't, uh, doesn't anyway, be great. I think I think what's important, though, is that we discuss our marketing strategy on the air continuously. No, I, I do, too, because I, 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 I got to be honest. I think I, that's highly entertaining because we're not going to do it any other time. No, no, absolutely not. You're like, hey, let's get in touch later on. And I got a Zoom thing. I never heard from you. And, and then we were in our cups last night watching politics. So that wasn't going to be helpful. Um, all right. Uh, yeah. And I, and I really didn't have any great desire to talk a lot about, uh, about the NFL playoffs because we're going to talk about it on Friday. Um, outside of the Cleveland thing, I think the only other story that at least I'm aware of that I'm keeping a great deal of track of is the Rams quarterback situation. It makes that the most difficult game to pick because that, you know, and going back to watching it yesterday, that is the number one ranked defense in the NFL. And all things being equal, a division rival number one defense, I would be predisposed to go all in on the Rams on that. But until we know about Jared Goff, and then we obviously during the game have to see which Jared Goff we get and which Rams off. I really don't think there's any chance at all that the Seahawks lose that game. They're at home. They're in the Cheater Dome. And um, they have more license to cheat now because they can just pump in as loud a noise as they as they want to because it's, you know, all it's Wild West out there. Where Mark was wrong. Building without a roof, not a dome. Yeah, just the Cheater Dome. And uh, we, you know, I, it's one of those things that I just, you know, I, I refuse You're never going to give up on no, I'm You're never going to give up on. It's know? like the magic bullet. You're never like, going to give up on. It's like the stolen election. So, the magic um, bullet. And the magic bullet. You're never going to give up on the magic bullet. I, magic bullet. I keep coming back to the magic bullet because I think it's the one It's the one piece that undercuts the lone gunman theory. And I agree that a lot of the evidence out there points to the lone gunman. But uh, no one can explain a pristine bullet that went through two bodies and a for those of you who didn't tune out with the emmett kelly reference now we're knee deep into the kennedy assassination how do you explain a pristine bullet going through two bodies it bone pristine. it wasn't completely and, pristine and it was not and a jump seat it wasn't completely pristine that's the, the bottom line of it there was there was a there was certain millimeter loss of of lead off of that bullet it's completely explainable um and i can't imagine how the show hasn't gone viral now now that we're discussing <laughs> the Kennedy assassination again. All right. Anything else, though, with the plan? Because those are really the only two stories 
that have really sort of landed because everybody else, it's just, you know, gearing up for this weekend. We're obviously watching the COVID lists. I haven't seen anything else outside of or Browns. But again, this is situation normal for the Browns. And maybe this is what maybe maybe in part, Mark, because we've said this about, you know, bad teams for an awfully long time. We said, you know, if you get into the NFL and you've come from Alabama and wherever and you, you know, you've had a lot of Georgia or uh, Clemson, you've had a great deal of success. And then you put on a Jets jersey that there may very well be just some sort of psychological thing in your head that goes, wow, I'm in the NFL. This team has been bad for an awfully long time. And that's that moment something doesn't go right. It's just I mean, I just. It, it's like me trying to do algebra. I mean, I might get through factoring out a binomial expression like the first 10 seconds of it, but the minute it's confusing to me, I, I can't get past it. I'll never get past it to get to the next next level. And I just and wonder where your metaphor breaks down is that you never had success that's in good math. That's a good point. But you're right, John, and I think uh, uh, I do like this idea of the – Browns thriving more when it's yeah. us against them and they're the bad We're boys. A chip. And yeah, and they're and it's big, Baker Mayfield's the perfect, perfect, perfect guy for that organization. They have found an identity. They did win 11 games this year. We'll see what happens with them. They're they're pretty in, that's a pretty wild card game if you ask me. Uh that one's a tough one to pick. It, it really is. is. And um, I guess the only other news, NFL news, really is Chan Gailey, offensive coordinator for the Dolphins, uh, resigned. So after it was uh, reported he'd been fired, and then that story had to be had to be taken back. That was the big couple of days ago. It was the, I guess there was a false story that he'd been fired, and now he has uh, resigned. That is a little bit surprising. Chan's got to be getting up there, though. I, I wonder if you know at a point. Plus, we know that the offense was, you know, I mean, the offense was the problem with the Miami Dolphins. And, and uh, his personnel probably is the biggest contributor to that. Not necessarily yeah, that the team, but yeah. Chan Gailey, it's time. It's time. Well, to that point, I'm glad you brought that up because Chan Gailey, former uh, uh, head coach of the Dallas Cowboys, um, I saw yesterday where the San Diego Chargers, and we had talked about it with Anthony Lynn would survive, and he did not. Anthony Lynn is out of there. So seconds, seconds after our show, he was right, let go. Right. They were watching. They were watching. That's it. We doomed him. They were. Saying we thought maybe yeah. he deserved another, uh, another chance. Um, uh, I saw where the San Diego Chargers, and we've talked about this with Justin Herbert and some young talent, that is a very attractive. That is much more attractive in my mind than Detroit. Uh, certainly the Jets. Um, it, you know, the only other we talked about Jacksonville because you have all of the draft picks and all of the money, but there's more talent in San Diego. There is some talent in Jacksonville, clearly young talent, but that's a great job. And, uh, I, I, I saw this yesterday, Mark, and it has, it's a guy I actually like, um, as, as a guy for any number of reasons that we've discussed, but apparently they asked for permission to talk to giants offensive coordinator. You ready? Are you ready yeah. for this? I know. I know who you're I know who it is. Who is it, Mark? Jason Garrett. Oh, I couldn't even say it. I could not even say it. I like Jason Garrett. You know me with Ivy League. I love that. That's one of the things I really I always root for Ivy League. That's why you love Fitzpatrick. It is one of the reasons I've but when I saw that they asked to speak to Jason Garrett and 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 listen, 
I, I think we all agree. Daniel Jones and that giant offense was a bit of a surprise for us this year. He's they a good offensive hard. coordinator. I think he's a solid offensive coordinator. I really do. But, man, talk about – I'm going to say white privilege. Come talk on. Talk about – Just say it. Well, it's part of it, but it's also this just sort of, and you have railed against it for years, this sort of retread privilege that the default for any team, he's had had head coaching experience. He he went to the playoffs. You know, honestly, Brad Garrett, the actor from Everybody Loves Raymond, could have taken the Cowboys to the playoffs with healthy Cowboys teams to the playoffs with a couple of those teams. Intimidating guy. Yes, he is. And he looks like a like a really, really beefy old retired tight end. Definitely a big guy. But I just that one that one threw me a little bit. That really threw me. Not that I, 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 I in any way have anything against Jason Garrett, who seems to be a genuinely good dude. And to your point, is an excellent offensive coordinator. And frankly, right. I pay him in New York to keep him there with the young quarterback with uh, Daniel Jones. But I, that one just, you know, I, I'm not seeing Eric Bieniemy's name mentioned often enough. And he used to play for the San Diego Chargers, for God's sake. Um, they had a nice was- little. Uh, they had a nice little article the other day about uh, coaching vacancies and potential, uh, you know, replacements. And they graded each one. You could, it was kind of an interactive thing where you could mm-hmm. slide the coach and match it with the team and get the grade and why the why it's a good fit, why it's a bad fit. And, um, you know, the only the only time it's a good fit for the Lions is either, I think, Harbaugh or or Robert Sala, because they're from Michigan. Right. Essentially, there's no other reason to do it. (laughs) The Lions organization hasn't won a playoff game since 1991 has never been has been. And that was the only championship game they've ever been to. Yeah. And they haven't won a championship in 63 years. This is a horrible organization. Yep. They haven't won a playoff game since 1991. Now, granted, the Cowboys, I think, have only won two or three since 1996. Right. And they haven't gotten to a championship game since then either. So they're as really they should be should be more of a they should be compared more to the Lions than they should be compared to, you know, a successful all-time I franchise. I agree. But um, well, the I don't know why. The Cowboys actually accumulated great players to be bad. And the and I think part of the problem with the Lions was their front office has never really done them, you know, going back uh, to, you know, picking. I think they picked wide receivers in how many drills, uh, uh, straight drafts, Mark? First round draft wide receivers? 38. 38 years in a row. They So they're running the all wide receiver offense and defense. They populated yeah. the field with nothing but five. And I mean, the reason for that, of course, was that they had a GM who had no experience as a GM, not even any experience as a M, you know, as an ASM. No managerial experience at all, yeah. much less general manager experience. Really? And it all comes down to the ownership. Yeah. The Ford yeah. family – has clammed. They are the problem in the Mark, end. We saw it in Ford v. Ferrari. I think you agree. When the Deuce, oh, when the Deuce promised Carol Shelby, you only report to me. And then a mere minutes later, at least according to the film, put Leo Beebe in charge of everything. And we saw what happened there. 
Um, and uh, that that's a metaphor for the Lions. I absolutely agree. Uh, I think Salah's going to get that job, to be frank. Yeah, I, 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 I don't know. think Harbaugh is going to leave to go to the Lions. No. Um, I, I Harbaugh think, to San Diego is a kind of a fun idea. That the enemy, his first head coaching job Houston. with the University of San Diego. Yep, the enemy to Houston, I think, would work, or Jacksonville. Actually, I think the enemy to Houston, and, and let's just go ahead and put Urban Meyer. Jacksonville, uh, what the hell? Do you really think that'll work? I don't know. It's tough. It's a tough call because we talked about that the other day about how there's been some coaches with some success. There's been other coaches with no success. You know, how many highly successful college coaches have had success in the National Football League? Well, you can't say Jim Harbaugh was a highly successful because he, he, he never got close to a national championship. He turned bad schools around. Yeah, I, but, but I think get, you know, I, I Jimmy think Johnson, obviously – he was a successful. He was. And Jimmy college. Johnson was a very successful Incredibly successful. college football coach and, and, and had a lot of success. And uh, Pete Carroll, but that's a different situation because he had already had NFL pedigree before college. And even uh, and even when he was at USC, he always seemed like an NFL guy to me, probably because he had those two head coaching jobs. But I think we all looked at Pete Carroll, particularly because he looks 25 years younger than he actually is. And we all thought eventually he's going to parlay this USC success into another head coaching job in the NFL. So, yeah, you're right about that. It's, it's interesting about Nick Saban because I think Nick Saban was an assistant coach. Um, I, he was an assistant to Bill Belichick, wasn't he? For a long I believe time. so. Oh yeah, no, he was he was on the staff. Yeah, he was on the staff in Cleveland. He was one of the guys on the staff in Cleveland, I believe. And he just seemed so out of his element when he came to the Dolphins. Now, a lot of that was Don, was the realization that Dante Culpepper was not Drew Brees, and <laughs> oh shit, you know. But I'll never forget that one uh, play where he threw out the wet red flag, and he looked so timid. With it, he looked like he didn't, and it just sort of defines. Isn't that weird? How one thing can just define a narrative for someone's entire career. Well, it's we talked so about the Heisman there. Trophy, Mark. Everybody says it. You have to have that signature, not just game, the signature play. You know. Yeah. So yeah, that 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 is very very true about Nick Saban. I don't know Nick Saban's record in the NFL. I studied, gone back, and everything, but I basically remember that and think this guy was maybe the biggest NFL head coaching bust ever, and he really wasn't. But Not that's really. what, that's what we remember about it. I mean, you know, I I think it was two years. It's two years. We've talked about this, John. Two years is not enough time to judge anyone. Now, if you're Les Steckel, one year is enough time. I agree. Now, that's a 37-year-old reference. Wow. That's- I believe he used to room with Emmett Kelly when they were in college together, frankly. <laughs> Les Steckel. So, uh, yeah, so Nick Saban, let's see what, let's see what his actual record was uh, in the uh, he, two years. He was 9-7 and seven the first year, Johnny. Right. 9-7. and seven. And right. then six and ten, the second year. So that's just uh, just amazing. He they were three and seven in his first season, and he won his last six in a row. And they missed wow. the playoffs. And then they were six and ten the following year. And then he was out. Right, he was out. Now as he wasn't fired. He left under his own volition as well. So he yeah. wanted to go back. He wanted to go back. And I think he and I mean, didn't he hold the Alabama job? He, he got following that immediately. No, he. I think basically he was in discussions with Alabama when uh, when he was still with the Dolphins because he was looking to exit. From what I remember, he um, we found out is he he informed them even before the end of the season that he wished to move on. 
and apparently made a very good choice. Um, but that just it just worries me with the Urban Meyer thing. And you know me, I'm kind of nominally a Jacksonville Jaguar fan. Right. Uh, back in the day, we covered that organization. They were very good to us. Fred Taylor, one of my favorite players of all time. Uh, and uh, they were really fun team. Good, gracious. In their second year, they're in the AFC championship game. Um, and uh, that Mark Brunel team. Was, that they, the, was it the angry? Was it the angry Chris, Christian? Is that what you called him? What did you call oh, the, Mark uh, uh, the, the angry uh, Chris Christian? Oh, I can't remember. You know, it was something else. It was the unfriendly Christian, I believe, is what we call Mark Brunel. But then I interviewed him. Uh, yeah, he was a little difficult to deal with in Jacksonville. Um, when, when he was with Washington, though, I actually interviewed him and had had a good time with him. So I, I think it was probably the um, the Tom Coughlin thing, because of all the athletes, coaches I've ever dealt with. He's my least favorite of all time. Without a doubt, he was the wow. least. Yeah, he was the least enjoyable guy to cover at any point in time. Um, Tom Coughlin. Uh, so I, I for one, am glad I don't have to deal with him anymore. And apparently, Mark Brunel was as well. He was. Uh, yeah, Nick Saban. Just to just to clarify what you had said, you're right. He was the de- defensive coordinator for Bill Belichick from '91 to '94 in Cleveland. He was the secondary coach in '88 and '89 for the Houston Oilers, who worked for Jerry Glanville wow. at the time. And then, of course, he went to Michigan State, turned that program around, went straight from there to LSU, won a national championship there. Uh, two years with the Dolphins. And then right right after that Dolphin, that second year of the Dolphins, the very next year, he goes to Alabama. Yeah. No, he signed that immediately. He, he went to Alabama immediately. <clears throat> yeah, he did. So, he, you know, he had the two years as a head coach, and one year was nine and seven. He had one year under 500, and right. we define him, and we look at that as like, oh, head coaches – from college can't coach in the national football league. That's why I think it's a real open question about urban Meyer. I really do. Yeah. I don't think it's Lenny, by the way, it's an open question. Lenny's thrown out some names. Uh, Rich Brooks, the former Oregon coach who who had the Rams job at one point, Butch Davis, though Butch Davis was starting to turn things around a little bit in Cleveland. I think ownership there did him in a bit. Dennis Erickson had little or no success. Lou Holtz lasted about 40 minutes as the head coach of the Jets. And then I went, think went back to Arkansas. Uh, John McKay though. Listen, I'm, I'm sorry. People bring up John McKay. Um, an expansion team back in the mid 1970s, 1976 Mark stood very little chance of being any good. They did. They waited it towards you being crappy. They were 26, right? Oh, and 26 at the end of the 1977 season in two years from that point, they got to the NFC championship game and they lost what? Nine to seven or nine, something? To, nine to zero, nine to zero. Okay. I get to, to, to the Rams who, who gave the Steelers a great game that, Wonder. that, uh, that particular season yep. in the Super Bowl under uh, Ray Malavasi. Right. Ray Malavasi right. passed away just a couple of years. RIP. Ago. No, I think he's been dead for quite some time. I think Ray Malavasi has been dead less than three years. I want to be. I know you're going to look it up, uh, but I, I just want to say I just want to defend John McKay. John McKay had some I agree success, had some success there, and in fact, uh, I, I think ownership down there was a problem as well. Also, uh, all the racism that was pointed towards Doug Williams, who was uh, one of the big reasons they had that success uh, under John McKay. But uh, John McKay did okay. But yeah, I mean, it's littered with college coaches. Who now every coach in the NFL has some level of college coaching experience, if not head coaching. Certainly, I mean, that's part of the part of the ladder. Uh, I just worry about the Urban Meyer thing. I worry about the fact that he's had health issues. Whether you believe that or not, I do believe to some extent that he's had those. 
I uh, I think Shad Khan would be making a mistake. Again, I think Eric Bieniemy is the is the best choice for that job because you give that creative a mind to Trevor Lawrence. But you're also right, Mark. Eric for Eric Bieniemy's sake, getting a Deshaun Watson may be better because he's obviously much further along in his uh, NFL uh, grooming, so to speak. And uh, I think Bieniemy could be more creative with an offense early on. We'll see. We'll see. I don't know what the situation is in. Uh, Houston, as far as uh, cap space and everything, that there's there's a revolt going on down there, if you believe J.J. Watt, with the guys who want to win and the guys who don't. saw a great quote from Chase Young um, where he said, what we have here are guys who love to play f- professional football, not guys who love to be professional football players. Mm-hmm. And that I thought that was a really terrific uh, way of putting it. And why I have I have high hopes for Ron Rivera and that Washington. I, I would, too. I would, too. I think the future is bright. And uh, you look at a kid like Chase Young and the kind of havoc he wreaks on the football field and the kind of control he has for such a big, strong guy. Freakish and athlete. Speed he has. It's really fun. That that fumble recovery against the 49ers <laughs> where, I mean, it's literally on the ground. And it's sort of just staying there. It's not moving. He can't run and pick it up in momentum. No, he has to actually bend down, pick it up, and yeah. then run away from the pack and run to the sideline and run for the touchdown. It was and how it many was just unbelievable. It's one of those signature plays. And how many of those defensive players have we seen throughout the years trying to pick up a fumble and failing to do it, and then the offense falling on the ball? Yeah. You know, taking that chance, which is Recovering why most of those guys. Most of those guys are coached not to try to do just fall on the damn thing and let the offense take over. I'd love to see uh, Chase Young uh, in a uh, goal line packages for Washington as a tight end or a fullback. They were uh, they were in the red zone, I think, um, on the inside the five and was discussing that they a lot of teams struggle there. They're, they have struggles there. And I'm like, put Chase Young and give, you know, give him the football. He'll do everything he can to get in the end zone. Uh, but I just thought that was great. We have guys who love to play professional football versus guys who love to be professional football players. And that's that uh, big change. So how, how many years ago did Ray Malavasi die in your in your mind? I thought it was within three. Thirty three. He died thirty three years ago. He did. He's no, been dead for a long time. Yes, sir. No, he did not die in 1987. Right. He that's did. 80, no, yeah, he did. no. No, absolutely not. Okay, well, again, I do not believe that. I, I know. I, I believe you. Normally, believe you, you normally you agree. Uh, you believe in facts, John. Normally, you believe in facts, I'm and fine. occasionally, you know, occasionally you don't. This is an example of you know, you not believing in a fact. He's been dead a long, long time. Yeah. All right, Ray Malavasi. I'm going to check this out now. He died. Um, 1987. Well, this is wrong. This is clearly wrong. <laughs> it's clearly all wrong. There's wow. I, yeah. I, I honestly thought that he uh, just that he recently was, passed away. Yeah, he just recently passed away. He Did was 53 years ago. So if he had if he he'd been 87, and you know, you look at take one look at Ray Malavasi, he was not going to make it to 87. Wow, Ray Malavasi only got one. You know, I'm 56. This one, <laughs> you, out, you outlived Ray Malavasi, Mark. I I, I did. I feel you know. Feel all right about that. That's kind, of, <laughs> kind of where we set the bar. Never coached a team to the Super Bowl, but other than that, you know. No. Um, all right. One thing that we want to talk about, we talk about guys who loved uh, playing professional football, is the um, 15 finalists for the Hall of Fame uh, yeah. were, were announced. And I just want to get your idea. I, as I look down, there's a lot of uh, guys here who are uh, Calvin Johnson, one of the 38 wide receivers that the uh, – Yep. 
that the Lions, uh, sadly, he had to play his entire career in Detroit. So most yeah. people don't remember how good he was. Um, I can see uh, who look. Take a look at the list, Mark. Are you looking at the list? Yeah, I'm, I'm getting there. Let's let's start uh, checking people off that we don't think are going to get in. Um, these are uh, I have them alphabetically. So I'm going to I'm going to tell uh, we'll let everybody know. Jared Allen, Rondé Barber, Tony Boselli, Leroy Butler, Alan Fanica, Tori Holt, Calvin Johnson, John Lynch, Peyton Manning, Clay Matthews, Sam Mills, Richard Seymour, Zach Thomas, Reggie Wayne, and Charles Woodson. Uh, maybe it'd be easier at first, Mark. Who are the slam dunks in your mind? Charles Woodson's a slam dunk. Mm-hmm. Uh, Reggie Wayne, not a slam dunk, but we'll get in. Okay. Uh, I think, you know, he's one of those wide receivers. You know, even Terrell Owens didn't get in the first ballot, which is ridiculous. But well, wide receiver. I, 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 let's just cover this year. You don't think Wayne will get in this year, though, right? I do not. Okay, okay. So let's. who do you think this year? Let's let's do just to shorten this this bit just a bit. But I agree with you on Reggie Wayne. I think he's Peyton Manning, that. obviously. Really? <laughs> yes. Peyton do Manning you? is going to get in this year. Yes. Make an argument for that because I, I don't see it. He holds many of the records of a quarterback. Compiler, though, don't you think? Super Bowls with two different teams. Compiler, though, don't you think? Uh, a bit of a compiler, yes. But And uh, his, I think his postseason record is still under 500. But he won two Super Bowls with two separate teams. Shouldn't he have to wait it out a couple of years? He has multiple MVPs as well. No, I think he's a, he's a slam dunk. Okay. Calvin Johnson, I think, probably. I mean, Calvin Johnson was unbelievable. He may get in. I think Alan Fanica could get in this year. I think Tony Baselli could get in. The, well, I didn't realize he had such a short career. Baselli, yeah. He's been out of the league for 19 seasons, though. Tony, he was, um, he was unbelievable. He was unbelievable. I don't think Jared Allen gets in right away. I think Rondé Barber is an interesting one. I don't think he's near a Hall of Famer, to tell you the truth. I think I think he gets. Oh, in. wait a minute! I'm sorry. I was I was thinking Tiki. Ah, no, no, no. You're right. Rondé Rondé has a shot. Tiki is the overrated one. Um, Rondé has a shot. I love Rondé Barber. Tiki Barber is just overrated as hell. The second he left the Giants is when they won. He was the you know he was the Don Mattingly of uh, of the New York Giants. Direction, yeah. Or the Peyton uh, Manning. Tory Holden. Because of Tennessee, Corey, you know, he held them back, clearly. Does John Lynch get in? I don't I think, think he does. I don't think he does uh, at, at this point. I don't think he does. For this year, I'm looking at, um, to your point, um, I think Woodson and Manning, which that's going to be a lot of fun. Boy, talk about guys whose careers are... Seriously, matched each other. I mean, you that's know, really, that is a lot of fun. Because uh, Paul, <laughs> Fein, Paul Feinbaum still says he gave up on the... Heisman Trophy when uh, when Peyton Manning didn't win over Charles Woodson, though I still think you can make an argument for Woodson in that. Um, I think that comes closer to what the Heisman is supposed to be than uh, what it actually ends up being. But I see Woodson. I see Manning. I see um, – I think you might be right about Alan Fanica, even though as a guard people don't think a lot about that. But, I mean, he's a perennial pro bowler, Alan Fanica. I think Barber's going to get in. And uh, I believe Clay Matthews will get in. And the rest of them, I think, might have to wait. I think Clay Matthews is definitely going to get in. And I'll tell you this, too. I'll tell you this about Clay Matthews. I think one of the reasons that he may get in this year, and I, again, these are not, I don't, when I say stuff like this, 
like my Heisman Trophy thing about uh, the Alabama quarterback. This doesn't mean that I think this is in front of people's minds or this is decision-making, but I do think these things creep in. I think because of the kind of year Cleveland had, I think it helps him because he is well-known as a Cleveland Brown. So if John Lynch, if the vote was last year and they had just been to the, or they were, you know, they had a 13 and three season, they had turned their season around and he was front of mind as a GM as well. Would he have had a better shot of getting in the first ballot last year, John Lynch than this year? Might've because he's yeah, maybe more, because he's more front of mind. Although he's you think that you agree with me though, that it puts you in front yes. of mind. I think a little yes, bit. It does. Now, is there a minimum, uh, is there a minimum amount of players they have to pick? See, I don't exactly, and, and I know there are some people that really understand the Hall of Fame, like uh, Keith Abbott would know exactly how many they pick. But, I mean, if they don't have any, or, or are they obliged right. to pick five? I, no, I think, I mean, it always seems like there are five, sometimes maybe six. There's always, uh, as well, someone from the uh, Veterans Committee, and we're not getting that with all of these. But, um, I, I mean, it always seems like there's at least four or five. Guys, I don't know. Uh, Lenny thinks uh, Manning, Calvin Johnson, and Woodson. I go kind of both ways on Calvin Johnson uh, simply because, you know, again, it's that toiling in Detroit that I think sometimes guys like that. Um, Sam Mills is not a bad call either. He was beloved uh, Sam Mills and, and sadly passed away far too young. Um, but that's where Calvin Johnson, I think, may run into that because you had to toil in obscurity. Uh, we're gonna we're we're gonna make you wait a little bit longer. And again, Mark never had an opportunity on the biggest stages in the NFL. And you know, Clay Matthews did. Clay Matthews was there for the big um, eighty six and eighty seven collapses mm-hmm. of the Cleveland Browns, as well as eighteen eighty nine. They lost three championship games to the Jets in a span of four years. And, um, but outside of that, he was, you know, and he was also part of the cardiac kids, uh, mm-hmm. in 1980 with Sam Retigliano. Mm-hmm. So yeah, he, he, uh, was, I think he probably has a little bit better chance than Calvin Johnson. Although I think Calvin Johnson, um, is the best wide receiver of the bunch. And I think Reggie Wayne's going to make it. I don't think Tory Holt will make it, but I do Ooh, see. That- I would, I'd take Tory Holt over Reggie Wayne. Really? I would take Tory Holt over Reggie Wayne to make it. I'm not saying I think he's better than Reggie Wayne, but I would take Tory Holt over Reggie Wayne. I think Tory Holt might make it this year. Wow. Wow. Now, okay. I I just think uh You hate the Rams. No, no, not at all. I mean I do hate the Rams, but <laughs> um and he was sort of the second to Isaac Bruce and Reggie Wayne was the second to Marvin Harrison. Right. Uh but interesting. I don't know. That's interesting. I I think that Calvin Johnson is the most spectacular and had the most spectacular uh, career, actually, of the three that we're looking at wide receivers wise. And I do think he has the best chance to do it. But you have to be Randy Moss, seemingly, to get yeah. in on the first ballot. If you're, yeah. you know, if Terrell Owens, Calvin Johnson, I don't think had a better career than Ter- Terrell Owens, had more spectacular career at times, but did not have a better career than Terrell Owens. And neither did Torrey Holt or Reggie Wayne. And Terrell, now granted, Part of that is because, you know, but Calvin get along with the Calvin Johnson trying to punish though, him, you know, this this kindergarten criteria. But but Calvin Johnson, though, the thing is, Mark, go ahead. Terrell Owens was was a much more front of mind guy when he was in the NFL than Calvin Johnson ever was for, for, the, for the vast majority of people. And part of it was because uh, Owens actually played on some good football teams and Calvin Johnson infrequently played on it, even a team that wasn't bad, frankly, Um I see. I just think I think Calvin Johnson is going to have to wait. 
I, I think with all the wide receivers, to your point, because the numbers have been so inflated for wide receivers and quarterbacks over the last 15 or 20 years, as we have uh, you know, changed the rules to make it a more offensive game. Um, I think that's part of what, cause you get a lot of old school guys voting Mark. And I think what you, you know, they look back and they go, well, goodness gracious, uh, you know, Mike Ciani had big numbers. He had the same, you know, was as good, but he didn't have the numbers because blah, blah, blah. And I know Mike Ciani's not a Hall of Famer, just pulling out another uh, aged reference. Um, so I think that's part of what happens with the wide receivers, to be frank, uh, is that they're, they lose yeah. a little bit of luster because the numbers are inflated to, to, to some people's minds. No, I agree with that. I wholeheartedly agree with that. And I also, you know, you have to con- you have to consider that Calvin Johnson isn't going to be amongst the career receiving touchdown leaders because he played for the Lions. Right. And you need to score touchdowns to win games. And they don't win games. They don't score touchdowns. <laughs> Where, you know, <laughs> Isaac Bruce, I'm, I'm looking at receiving yards right now. Isaac Bruce is number four, you know, and Calvin Johnson is 32. I don't even see. Uh, Torrey Holt is 16. So yeah. he's actually ahead of Calvin Johnson a little bit. Reggie Wayne is 10th. Yeah. You know, Red, Reggie Wayne has actually, you know, better statistics. In, but he's playing for a team. He's, he played with Peyton Manning, for crying out loud. Now, does that – let me ask you that. Yeah. It's interesting because, I, you know, when he's voting for these things, are always so nebulous and who gets to vote and whatnot. Um, does it make it more difficult for Reggie Wayne because somebody goes, and eh, do we really want to put Peyton and Reggie in in the same year and make it seem like, you know, Colts, Colts, Colts? Uh, I, I don't know. I don't know what creeps into to their thinking there. In theory, each of these guys has someone uh, who is a voter who argues for them, and it's supposed to be objective. You and I both know that literally nothing on earth is ever objective for anyone. There's subjectivity to everything. Um, so I, I don't know if Reggie, maybe because Peyton obviously is going to go in Does somebody go, yeah, we'll, we'll make Reggie wait. We don't want, we don't want to be, you know, we don't want it to look like, Oh, you know, we're going to just glory on those Colts teams. I, I do think he gets in and I do think it's, it's pretty much a slam dunk. He does not get in this year. I think the one receiver that has a chance to get in this year is Calvin Johnson. You look at actually touchdowns. Uh, I told you that uh, Reggie Wayne was 10th in yards. Calvin Johnson was 32 in the yards. Calvin Johnson's 23rd in touchdowns. That's 83. Reggie Wayne has 82 touchdowns. And Torrey Holt has 74. Now, granted, there were a lot of receivers to throw to in that Rams offense, but he played for a Hall of Fame quarterback as well. Yeah, He played for Kurt Warner. You know, Calvin Johnson did not play for a Hall of Fame quarterback. With. And they uh, actually play for them. I just want to point that out. Well, no, it's all about four. The quarterback... <laughs> No, you're right. There was a wrong preposition, John. And, uh, you know, I, I was um, trusting you, like I always do, to call me when I incorrectly I just, use my preposition. I usually use play for him. I mean, it's like, you know, I guess Peyton Manning felt that way since he essentially ran that offense. I guess he Dan wasn't Marino. actually playing for him. Dan Marino felt that way, clearly. Oh, well. yeah, playing for me. You're Absolutely. playing for me. You're playing for me. Uh, so Calvin Johnson, 83 touchdowns with the Detroit Lions. I don't know. That's, that's pretty impressive. By the way, and, Lenny. Lenny jumping in with between four and eight new members, including uh, the veteran. So the minimum is four. Yeah. And, and, uh, and I mentioned that Wayne was the number two to Harrison and Holt was the number two to Isaac Bruce. And so they, they would have less, right. They would have less receptions. Although, you know, Wayne played for one of the top five quarterbacks of all time. I think you would, would, would you put him in the top five, John Peyton Manning top five? 
it could be five. I, I would literally say five, maybe six. All right, let's 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 do this. Um, uh, Montana and Brady. That, those are the top two. Those are going to remain my top two. Great, Elway. Okay, I got to go with Elway, even though I, was was never really fine. a fan. Unitas. Unitas. Man, Greg Landry was good. Um, <laughs> uh, he, he, he may be fifth at best, though he may not be as good as Sammy Baugh. Um, he might not be as good as Sid Luckman, Otto Graham. It's so hard when you start to sure. move to, to, to those guys. You I mean, Otto Graham, if you just look at, sure. you know, where people talk championships, I mean, Otto Graham, what, like 12, 13 years and, and 11 of them, he was in championship games and won like six or seven he, of the he, damn. He games. went to 10 straight. He went to 10 yeah. straight, which yeah, is just I'm remarkable. Sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry. You can't, there, you, there's no way you can do it. Played for a man that reinvented, you know, the game. So there's that right. too. And, and came but, over yeah. from another league and in the first year in the NFL, won a championship, I believe. Yeah. Or at no, least played did. for it. No, they no. did. They won. They won the yeah. first year, which is. Yeah. Phenomenal. Okay. Okay. So no, no. Peyton Manning is sixth at best. And I'd put him like 33rd. Because uh, again, I mean, you got to look at Jeff Garcia. You have to look at. Uh, 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 Mark Rippon, you have to look at uh, just running down these Jim Druckenmiller. I mean, they're just guys who dominated, and I think we're you know, sure. Or... All right, so receptions, it's uh, Reggie T. Wayne Martin, Mark T. Martin. T. Yeah. Martin could take Tennessee to, to a championship, exactly. Peyton Manning couldn't do that. No, no, so he's better than Peyton Manning, he's he better than Peyton Manning. Uh, yeah, it's interesting. Uh, We'll see. I think Calvin Johnson is the best chance. Uh, I don't know about Clay Matthews. I think he, I think Alan Fanica, all those guys I think are worthy. Um, Richard Seymour had an amazing career short, however. Um, Both selling too. Yeah, I agree. I agree. It's fun. It's a fun class this year. It really is. Uh, Nate Sudfeld, uh, Lenny wants to remind, still has to be taken into consideration uh, along with, you know, Peyton Manning. I mean, sure, the resume is shorter for Nate Sudfeld, but I think, you know, know, never be, never be. You got to consider it. You got to consider it. So you think Peyton Manning is fifth unless you factor in Otto Graham. (laughs) And I think you have to. So, yeah, sixth, sixth at best. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. If you had to win one football game. Oh, One well, football that, game for a championship. That's not the Peyton criteria. Peyton Manning would not be the person in his family you would choose. That's true. That's very true. I mean, I don't, I don't think there's any doubt about that. Even Peyton fans and Eli haters would what have I would to like to that. see, personally, what I would like to see is the aforementioned Tiki Barber, who you don't care for. I don't. Um, if while when uh, when Peyton Manning receives the award, the Tiki Barber come on stage, take it, and say, you know, uh, yeah, you know what? Uh, Peyton had a Peyton had a great year, but Eli Manning is the best Manning, and and give the award to Eli Manning, sort of like Kanye. That's what a that for me. That for me would be a Tiki Barber to Kanye moment. West. I think that works. I, I thought you'd enjoy that. that. Have you ever seen the two of them in the same place? Nor no, I haven't. Frankly, no, you know, and I travel in wide, wide ranging circles. Well, you, went to the, you went to the Super Bowl party for crying out loud. Uh, I, when Tiki Barber was in the Super Bowl. Yeah, exactly. So I think you've traveled. You, you have the credibility to right. let us know after all these years that number one, the magic bullet was not as pristine as we think it was. 
yawn. Can't you, can't you just and see it? Can't, can't you just see Peyton up there? Uh, I like to I like to thank my brother Leo who never had this opportunity. And then Tiki Barber comes up and just grabs. Oh, what's happening? And then Tiki Barber, oh yeah, you have you had a fine career. But Eli Manning is the best quarterback in the Manning family. You're you're maybe third. You're maybe you would not have won games with the, with the New Orleans teams. Your dad quarterback. Uh, I don't know what's happening. You murdered the Buick. The fact that he does those commercials, though, it it belies what you're, you know, this this idea of this just total hick. I know. I know. I actually, and you know, I've turned on Peyton Manning. I I couldn't stand him at Tennessee, obviously, for all the reasons, you know, the, the, my no, you, you hated him for years. You, there's a famous clip from the ESPN club. <laughs> he's a loser. Like his old like man. I said he's a loser like just like his old man. And, and people got upset. Guest, there's a guest like yelling back at you, and you're just yelling, doesn't matter, doesn't matter, doesn't matter. You just remember shoot, that. You're just shouting the guest down. Uh yeah. you, were, you, you were you were using your comic bully skills, and they're and they're and they are uh, you know extensive yeah they they are noteworthy that's yeah. a noteworthy set of comic bullying skills so good for you not not doesn't not the point 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 yeah that was one of those that was one of those times where i did He's i said a loser that, like I his said, father that was so hey, man, he's a loser like his old man and some guest complained to our manager keith abbott who to his point was like it's his opinion he's making his opinion and uh oh yeah that i just used to love that he was he was the guy that you know i i could go against that everybody else loved it was kind of my cal ripkin thing where everybody loves cal ripkin and i'm like hey make you pay a thousand dollars for an autograph probably which isn't necessarily true about cal ripkin but uh peyton manning was that guy and i again i don't know why because he never beat florida eli manning beat them twice once again pointing out to peyton you know at the family reunion Peyton Manning is not the best quarterback, or at least not the one I want in a championship game. Right, right. No, you're you're a famous iconoclast. You like to run against the you like to run against the grain. You like to say Peyton Manning is the uh, a loser just like his old man. You like to say, uh, you know, you like to you like to go into a, a, a you know gathering of um, middle of the road to slightly right uh people and say ronald reagan was the worst president we've ever had we're still paying the price we're still paying, we're still the, price. paying the price and then who's who's the other one that you just you just throw under the bus i don't know Derek saying that he couldn't believe his dad ever agreed with anyone i think his dad i think uh i i think uh, keith was just as bothered by peyton manning as i was frankly i, I think i think we, that part of it i mean th- think of the personalities of the espn club with uh you know ferrer land our arguing style keith abbott who never admits he's wrong you know, John Pelkey, who's an iconoclast and just wants to undercut anyone for the sake of undercut, you know, just enjoying it for the entertainment. Yeah, and okay. then you have Riley Claremont, who really wants to do the right thing. Who's that? <laughs> Romney. I don't. Just, Joe Candelora was the other sports host, right? Was yes. Joe Candelora. Who's, who's a famous arguer in and of itself. So God, anyway, Joe no one cares about this except. No, nobody, that. nobody does. Nobody does care about that. Um, uh, all right. So uh, before we get out of here, and uh, th- this is one of our more timely shows, an hour and three minutes in. Um, anything else that you can think of outside of this? We covered the Heisman Trophy, uh, which, I, I, again, I, I like the choice that they made this year. I mean, I think all of those guys, 
remarkable. Uh, and, 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 and despite my, the fact that uh, Trevor Lawrence will be the greatest bust in the history of the NFL. Sure. Um, and the history, more, Ryan, more than biggest. Ryan Leaf. Uh, oh, good. Yeah. His career much shorter. Um, he may not, he may not make the team. That's my, that's my concern is that he's drafted overall number one and they have to cut him because they just need more room for, for someone else on the, on the roster. Now, all those guys were, were very deserving, but uh, I, I do think they made the right choice in that respect. Um, we, we hold our breath for the next Cleveland Browns bit of information, whatever it may yeah, be. I don't, I don't know, Johnny. I don't know. I think you make a pretty decent point about maybe they're the, you know, the Oakland Raiders of this era. And ironically, the one of the Oakland Raiders biggest rivals uh, were the Pittsburgh Steelers. That yeah. was a major, major rivalry. Oh, where they sort of, no, but I think they would beat them in the, you know, when the, when the Steelers didn't get to the Super Bowl it was because of the Raiders. Right. 76, you know, 76. And I, and I believe um, possibly 73 as well. If I'm not mistaken, 72, they beat him obviously in the famous immaculate reception. Right. So it was sort of a back and forth thing. And, um, and it would be very interesting. Now you sent me a menu early on today. Yeah. And uh, you, you listed all the topics that you wanted to talk about the one right before close that we haven't gotten to. So why don't you take it away? <laughs> We'd like to congratulate socialism for winning. <laughs> Take a moment. Georgia, Georgia, I'm going to be listening to nothing but just songs. Ray Charles, yeah. Oh, Atlanta, my little feet, Georgia on my mind. There's going to be a lot of Georgia music happening today. Maybe Allman Brothers live at the Fillmore East. Allman Brothers all day long, no doubt about it. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. All right, anything else else that you can think of? We haven't haven't, uh, dived in too much to college basketball yet. Uh, They are... Uh, navigating COVID for them has been is is has been pretty difficult. Uh, though there's some uh, there's some fun stuff out there. Some of the blue bloods not looking as good uh, early in the season. It's going to be really interesting for me to see what uh, what comes of college basketball because of the lack of amount of time that these guys have been able to play together. Um, uh, I've got to spend some time on the court with the NBA working for the Raptors. Um, yeah, and the Raptors not playing well at all. Now nah, they're struggling a, a little bit. They're going through uh, in the games, uh, the home games that I've seen, they've gone through just uh, scoring slumps. They've looked good for, and that they've gone through some scoring slumps. They are having a whole lot of trouble at the rim at this point in time. Uh, they brought in Aaron Baines um, and uh, he, he's had some struggles, but I think most people feel they're going to turn it around. Nick nurse is a great coach. The Knicks are kind of a fun story. Up there, there. I mean, everybody expected yep. them to be the horrible. Moment. I saw them the other day. JJ Reddick can still shoot off the bench, can shoot the lights out. They've got some uh, some young talent. I saw the Celtics a couple of nights ago. Ma- Magic playing well. Uh, the Magic were the they were the last undefeated team in in the NBA. The Orlando Magic. So we'll get more into that as things go on. Anything else in the world of sports? I wanted to make sure we covered the the hall of fame the heisman trophy some stuff with the playoffs these coaching changes again when i saw jason garrett's name come up for san diego i just thought you know and i have kind of a little bit of a soft spot for this for the chargers i loved them back in the day with dan fouts um i just and and again it's nothing against i I don't want jason garrett to think i have anything against him and his family who he is as a person again i think he's an excellent offensive coordinator but if you are the san diego chargers boy talk about mark pouring cold water on on a fan base that probably pretty fired up with what they have in justin herbert and uh looking for the right coach a retread coach who whose team's 
I don't think anyone would argue under underachieved. Yeah. They underperformed. They did. They did. Year and, in and year out. Year in and year out. And, and including last year when they were eight and eight, expected to be twelve and four, whatever it was. And uh yeah, Jason, I, I don't I don't get that. But again, San Diego's ownership hasn't proven very smart either over the years. So We'll see. We'll see about that. Um, you know, I think Harbaugh probably the best fit there. I think the enemy maybe in Houston. And, yeah. Uh, Urban Meyer in Jacksonville. <laughs> Who gets the Jets job is the question. Robert Sala in Detroit. We both think Sala is probably the, uh, the odds on favorite in Detroit. Jim Caldwell's Robert. getting a lot of love as well because I think people are looking back to what Jim Caldwell did and said, yeah. this guy – Probably deserves some consideration. Good Lord, though. Jim Caldwell's been around. He's been a head coach. Does he want the Jets job? I I think, yeah, I think a Caldwell or an Anthony Lynn even. uh, I think someone like that goes to the Jets. You know, someone who is recently fired, someone who there's nothing to prove. I think he's got to be somebody, too, who's – and Caldwell might be good. He's somebody who's very steady. They need a steadying influence there. Um I think that's what, you know, it's a team that never really seemed to have an identity. I don't understand the Adam Gase thing, but we've all, you know, we've seen that before. We thought that about Pete Carroll when he got his second head coaching job. We're like, well, Pete Carroll, what the hell? Um, and, and you know, and that's why people will say, well, Jason Garrett, what about Bill Belichick? What about all of these things? I'd have less problem if the if the Jets were looking, frankly, at, at a Jason Garrett. You know, maybe a bad team that needs to get better, he works for to me, but I don't think you want Jason Garrett on a team that that looks like it could turn around quickly, because to me, that's the uh, that is the uh, that's the legacy of him in Dallas and uh, Derek Abbott agreeing with uh, Anthony Lynn. Yeah, I think he got a little bit of a raw deal. I, I didn't think I didn't think they would shuttle him. I out. think he goes to the Jets. Let's, let's try that one. Why not? They just the last the last head coach they picked though was a head coach who got fired at another thing you just wonder if 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 they go that way no i know i agree that was that's that was i think that game. might come into play no it might it looks might, a little too much like the gase thing yeah to me yeah maybe it's lynn go, maybe lynn goes to maybe robert sala goes to the jets <laughs> he goes to the jets he's a defensive guy they they're going to go to op you know adam gase is an offensive guy now that the didn't they have uh who was it? Was it Todd Frazier before that? No, I, I forget who it was before that. Um, Bowles. Todd Bowles, yeah. Bowles. Um, and uh, so we'll see. We'll see what happens. I don't know. I think Anthony Lynn should get a job. and um, But I don't know if anyone wants the Jets job. I mean, or, or even the Lions job. It's just ridiculous. Some of these franchises, they, there needs to be relegation is what has to happen. <laughs> But to do that, here's the problem with relegation, Mark, if, if you look at relegation in, in the EPL. And I agree. It's one of my favorite things about uh, English Premier League soccer. I love the relegation thing. You have to have teams that you can bump up. And uh, if really, you could only relegate one team because Alabama is the only NFL team that would still go 0-16, but would probably maybe be in a couple of games. You can't really elevate anymore. We're going to have to have a minor league in football because they're never going to be less than 32 teams. So now we need to create a minor league in football, Mark, and I think you need to get on that. Fair enough. I'll get on that right, in, right away with Lee Corso, who has experience with the uh, 
Orlando Renegades. You know, it's another uh, an alternate league that is that is also a minor league. Yeah, it's one. You know what? What? So, so the NFL has control of of it, but it is actually an alternative league. What was the one that that collapsed recently? Where where Spurrier was the head coach of the Orlando? Oh, that was team. the what was that XFL American. Oh, no, yeah, no. that was American something. Yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah, that yeah. had a lot of potential and then just was underfunded and, and collapsed on its well, there, uh, own guard. Argument is that the XFL, which it actually, I'd watched a couple of games, it, it actually looked like it could be, if nothing else, a, a, a an acceptable minor league, at least for a bit for the NFL. Then they fell under the COVID stuff. Derek Abbott also pay, pointing out Joe Brady has interviewed with Atlanta and Houston. Joe Brady, an excellent uh, um assistant coach who's getting a lot of love and we should have brought his name up. I'd forgotten about the Atlanta job. That's a very, very interesting one with the veteran quarterback. We, we wonder what's going to happen with Matt, but uh, with Matty ice, but that's a, that's an interesting job as well. I'm, I'm just, I'm completely invested Mark in the San Diego job and in the Jacksonville job. Those are the two that if I were uh, being considered, and by the way, just to throw this out to GMs and, and owners, I work within budget. So I just want to throw that out there. Those would so, be the jobs. That I would, the Jets the have the number. The Jets have the number two pick. Did they survive? They got the number two pick, right? They do. So who's going to go number two? Is it does Zach Wilson go um, number two? There does, does uh, you know Kyle Trask? No, it's not. It won't be Kyle Trask. And, and, and I don't think it'll be. I don't think it'll be Justin Fields either. Um, it, it it'll be a quarterback. I mean. I, I mean, I think so. I think what the Jets need is to reboot and just get a much younger staff in there. So with the brand new quarterback, they need to get the up and coming quarterbacks coach. But they're still thought that Darnold, who is now the has assistant, suffered because of the coaching. Well, I think he needs a good quarterback coach then. And so what they have to do is they have to go to the Coast Guard Academy and see the assistant <laughs> uh, coach there working for the offensive line and bring him in as a quarterbacks coach. You know, Derek could turn, Derek could turn around uh, Sam Darnold. That'd be that'd be something. Derek, yeah, he's he's uh, approaching his you know his late twenties, I believe, and uh, that's when you know that's when you make the move to right. be in a, to, to be in a position coach in the NFL, so that within ten years, twelve years, by the time he's forty, you know he's coaching the Jets to their first Super Bowl in in that at that point seventy eight years. That, that that's perfect. I like it. All Quarterback right. coach uh, for the New York Jets, Derek Abbott. I'm right. gonna I'm gonna be working on that as well as the minor league. <laughs> Those are my tasks for the day. Derek uh, Derek is ready to sign with the Jets. So let <laughs> let Woody Johnson, who's flying back uh, from uh, from his ambassadorship, uh, and will apparently be involved in the search. I don't know if having owners involved in search is good or not in the NFL. Mark, I honestly don't. And if you look at Woody Johnson's record as owner of the uh, of, of the Jets, maybe uh, maybe they're going maybe, maybe they can hope for a delayed flight there. If you're the brain trust of the Jets, if there is even one there at this point in time. All right, lots of fun stuff on Friday. We'll have our uh, we'll have to make picks on these. Uh, on these playoff games, I know we did preliminarily do that. I guess we'll we'll take a look at what happens between now and then. How many Cleveland Browns are uh, either out for COVID reasons that they've been arrested for drag racing, perhaps embezzlement. Uh, there might be a few guys over there who just retire uh, prior to the game just because. I mean, it's Cleveland, and and to our point, Mark, this may be what they need. Cleveland may need to operate. Like uh, like the kitchen in a restaurant, which uh, Anthony Bourdain always said, you know, it's 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 a pirate ship of people working together. Half of them want to knife the other guy in the kitchen. There are fist fights. These people are are, are are a mess and unbuttoned up. 
maybe that's what maybe that's what they need to be. They have the perfect quarterback for it, to your point. And I think uh, if they you're if, if your team's not involved, how can you not pull for the Cleveland Browns uh, to have some success? And I know Pittsburgh fans will go, wow, OK, whatever. That's the whole point. But the Cleveland Browns are America's team, Mark. That's America's team right now. America's a mess. Yeah. It's, uh, things are just uh, falling apart for another 14 days or so. Uh, and the Cleveland Browns are the, they're America's team. I'm, I'm from now on, I will refer to them as America's team. At least for the next two weeks, at least for the next two weeks, <laughs> at least for the next two weeks. So, uh, I think we, I think we'll invite Derek. We'll, we'll invite Derek on for Friday's show. Is there, is there a couple of games you want him to highlight? Or, yes. uh, yes. All or, the playoff games, or, you know, we'll, Everyone, he, he has to break down. It's only six of them. That should work. All right. Sounds good. All right. Fair, fair enough. Six right. games, Derek. All six, all six weekend games, Derek. Derek is for convinced. Friday's show. Thank you very much. Derek is convinced that whoever plays the Steelers, are they're licking floors of bathrooms the week before because they the Steelers seem to play teams that, that can barely feel the team. Lenny had mentioned earlier, and I wasn't able to find any of this, Mark, but apparently there's some rumors out there or at least some discussion that the NFL may find themselves in a position uh, with, with COVID. And again, that's the, one of the main things that we watch day in and day out, that they may have to reschedule one of these playoff games. So, boy, that's they've, they have been very agile. Again, finally, we, we've said it week in and week out, they have done an excellent job. Uh, being very agile, and I think they will continue because they played every one of their games, Mark, and I don't think – I think – I know I thought that in the final week that there might have been games that weren't um, needed for playoff seating or so, that might not have gotten played. Uh, I, 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 I thought we might see that, and we did. And now uh, just uh, add this, the uh, news came down uh, recently that the entire NCAA tournament will be held in the state of Indiana. Yep. To try and control the COVID spread. So They're I think that's, it. that's pretty fun. That's a good call. It is college basketball. Like I said, they've been, they've been struggling. If you're not paying attention, boy, there's been a lot of cancellations there. That is a really, really difficult, difficult to navigate those college sports market. We saw it with college football. Are we going to have teams in, that make March madness when they start picking teams that played 10 fewer games than other teams? Yeah. It's, that's, that's going to get to be a lot of fun. If they need a PA announcer in uh, Indianapolis, I might be available by then, depending on what happens. All right. For Mark Ferreira, I'm John Pelkey. Jeff Taylor, in theory, will be back on Friday. Derek Abbott hopefully will be joining us. We will talk about the playoffs. We'll give you our locks and shocks, which should probably be about as uh, – I think we're at about a 40% clip on our locks and shocks, Mark. I don't expect it to be any any different uh, as we move forward into the playoffs. Have a great uh, couple of days, everybody. I'm going to go uh, hunker down in front of the television with a single malt. Uh, enjoy. <laughs> Bye-bye, right. everybody. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.